This is David Rhymes, and you're listening to Foot Notable, a podcast where we discover the truth is in the details. Well, a Merry Christmas again to you all and a happy Festivus. Thanks for joining Corn and I for another wonderful episode. December fifteenth. Yes. We're T minus ten days and counting. It is. We are nearing the bleak midwinter. <laughs> when, in which Christmas takes place. It might be eighty degrees, so it won't be yes. uh, it won't feel like winter here. Yes, here in South, South Louisiana, Louisiana, you you may be bundled up on Christmas Eve and out in shorts and a t-shirt cutting your grass on Christmas Day. Well, shorts and t-shirt are fine. If you're cutting your grass on Christmas Day, we need to have a talk. Something wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, there's some folks that, uh, you know, they, they combat those winter weeds. They, they, yeah. uh, they don't want those clovers that's how and they, stuff. That's how those men get away from their families is they get on their it's lawnmower. I've got to cut the grass. and they it's get like, That's why they're watering it. It's like, yeah, I have yeah, to cut this. I have to do this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you won't be finding me cutting grass at all. No, no. Yeah, so when that grass stopped growing, I was like, yes, die. Yes. Turn like, brown give me, give and die. Give me a few months. Yeah, man. Oh, but you, don't you want your lard to look green and lush? No, and you're, no I don't. It's It'll winter. grow back in the exactly. spring. Exactly. We can That's count how that. God created it exactly. to do. Yep. So, you know, why, why mess with his design? Yeah. Don't mess with the season. Just right. let it be brown for a while. Yeah. And then in March, it'll be green again, and we can get on with it. Without a doubt. You can cut grass for nine months of the year. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, so it is Christmas, and we are kind of hurtling toward the the reality of family and gift-giving and food. It's coming. Brace yourself. There's nothing you can do about it. And it it is an exciting time. I'm I'm certainly not a Grinch or a Scrooge. I do embrace this season. I enjoy it. We've all got a little Scrooge in us. Well, we, if we'll be we, honest. Yeah, absolutely. And there are the parts of the of Christmas that I don't particularly enjoy or like. And some of those have, have deep spiritual meaning for me. Some of them are just because I'm selfish and I like things my way. But all in all, I do enjoy the time of year. I know the our, our children, or really all children, tend to really enjoy this time of the year. Um, we get to see family. So it, it, is a, it, is, it is a fun time. And it's supposed to be. The most wonderful time of the, the year. The most wonderful time of the year. So you would think that joy would be always inherently associated with Christmas. Oh, sure. They even make decorations for Christmas that spell out yeah. joy. So they, little joy candles, little joy uh, they have the, stocking hangers. The big yard decoration. The big yard, yard decoration. big letters, says, J-O-Y. Yeah. That's right. So joy, even, even among those who may not even be believers, understand that there's an aspect of the holiday season, particularly around Christmas, that involves the idea of joy. And we are to have joy. There's the decorations, the music, the food, the family, you know, the gift. Why giving. else would you do this to your house? Exactly. If yeah. you didn't enjoy it. Yes. It's an expression. Mm-hmm. Really, your decorations are an expression of, of something that's inside of you that you are telling the world, hey, I want to celebrate this time of year. But we also know, and we've talked about this over the last several weeks, that sometimes joy itself can be hard to come by. We, we may not be able to find all the reasons to be joyful. And as we've, we've joked about our, our friend George Costanzo and his uh, reluctant celebration of his father's invented holiday of Festivus, uh, George is, a, if you watch the show of Seinfeld, George is a pretty miserable person to begin with. He's neurotic he, about yes. everything. Yes. And so he's, he's crippling, he's crippling, cripplingly, is that a word? Embarrassed by the reality of his father's invented holiday of Festivus. And so when Jerry begins to tell 
their friends what Festivus is. George is so embarrassed by right. it. Right. Wants the he, whole thing to stop. He wants to stop. He just runs out of the out of the restaurant. He doesn't want to talk about it because he knows it's silly that his father invented a holiday. Now we talked about last week that it actually came into um, a, a matter of convenience for George to mention the holiday because it got him out of some hot water he was in with his boss. But George was embarrassed by the idea of Festivus, which made him a pretty sorrowful, sad person around the holidays. Because while everyone else is celebrating Christmas, his family celebrated Festivus. Right. And that made him sad. It made him sad because he knew <laughs> what was awaiting him yes. when he went home. So if you're going to actually show up during Frank's season of Festivus, yes. you know that there's going to be some feats of strength. Yes. In your future, and he just doesn't want to do it. He has to wrestle his elderly father, yeah, and then hear his father talk about how much he's disappointed him over right. the past year. So it's not it's not like a fun holiday at all, you know. Uh, but it does paint for us a bit of a picture of how some people may even approach Christmas itself, and that they may not be joyful at this time of year, and of all years at which it feels like we have a harder time putting our finger on those those parts of joy of our lives, it's probably 2020. We've had a lot more yeah. what seems like suffering and hardship this year than in, in recent memory. But we don't have to be joyless this time of year, even if we're facing some difficult times. Uh, so we talked about this kind of at the beginning of this little short series we're doing through Advent and how we can enjoy the Advent season in the midst of the trials and, and troubles that we may be facing in life. It has been difficult for many, many people. It still is. It, it still is difficult. Even today, people are still getting coronavirus. There's still governments being shut, uh, yeah. sh- shutting down societies. There's still people being affected by this positively, very little, mostly negatively. Um, there's a vaccine that's apparently being rolled out, but that's going to take forever to get to everyone. So we keep looking at the, whatever little progress we're making, and we think, man, we still have so much, so much more to go. And so being joyful can be hard sometimes um, with stress and with loss of jobs and financial deficits and things like this. Uh, people can look around and say, what's there to be joyful really about? Yeah. How, how can I have joy? Christmas doesn't always help this time of year. Sometimes it hurts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when you think about the fact that you may not see family, you may have an empty seat at the dinner table yeah. because you've lost someone this year, whether it be COVID or not. You know, there's just a lot that's going on in people's lives mm-hmm. that, you know, it just, it's not a good, joyous time for them. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about the grief and the loss, but I mean, you just think about some of the strained relationships and families. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you intentionally kind of distanced yourself from the bad relationship you have with maybe it's your father, your mother, your brother, whomever it is. Mm-hmm. But you have to face them at Christmas. You know yeah. that there's this expectation that you're going to be there. And that relationship that is that has soured and bittered over the course of years that you bury mm-hmm. for 11 months of the year just blows up yeah. again. You feel that dread come yeah. over you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so the dealing with these things, whether it's family or maybe a, a tough work relationship. Maybe you're not sure you're going to have a job next yeah. year. Maybe your church is struggling. You know, maybe you've missed some opportunities this year. Maybe you failed a bunch of ways and you have some regret, or some opportunities you had to had the opportunity to take and you didn't. And and it's just a lot of things that can bear down on you. And you think to yourself, this weight seems too heavy for me to feel the sort of the lightheartedness of joy. Yeah, I don't feel joyous. I don't feel joyful right now. So what? How do we get there? How do we have joy in a time 
like this? With all these looming troubles and these uncertain futures, how do we have joy? I think the first thing we have to acknowledge is that we can have joy. Yes. So circumstances do not rob us of our joy. We hear that a lot being thrown around in society. Such and such robbed me of my joy. Yes. But for Christians, that that joy may be pushed down deep in our hearts mm-hmm. because of things we're going through, but you can't you can't steal it from us. Right. Because that joy is anchored in Christ. Yeah. And so if we just need to acknowledge number one, when we talk about this, we're not inventing a category for people who can be joyful and the rest of you miserable lot have no, no have you have yeah. no you have no hope for of right. being joyful. Exactly. As, as believers, we can be joyful. It may not be to the degree that other people feel mm-hmm. and experience in this season, yeah. but joy is there for us to experience. Absolutely. If if you feel as though your joy is being robbed from you, it's not literally being taken by someone else. Yeah. It is because you have you have turned your mind your heart to things that are causing you trouble. And while you may not be able to avoid or, or wipe out those troubles in your life and solve all those problems, you can counteract them with joy. Joy is there for, for you to, to take hold of and to be had in your life. So one of the ways that I, I like to look at joy is much like we looked at hope a couple of weeks ago. Hope, as we, as we talked about, isn't defined by circumstances or situations. Hope is abiding, is alive in the person and work of Jesus. Joy works very much the same way. Joy is not a tangible thing like this computer, this coffee cup I have right here, this microphone. I can't give you a thing of joy, but we can, we have joy because of the work of God in our lives, because of the truth that we believe there's this, there's this um, intangible, very real sense of gladness in our hearts, even in the midst of trouble. Joy is does have a, a, a certain um, aspect to it that is happiness or gladness. It certainly is part of that, but it goes deeper than that. Uh, joy is a state of being rather than an emotion that's brought on by good feelings or good mm-hmm. circumstances. So literally, you can be in a terrible situation and still have joy, even though you may not feel happy. It's not something that you feel necessarily it's something that you have and then because you possess joy in your life in this rooted truth in christ now you can allow happiness to flow from a heart that is established in joy and so one of the ways that i heard defined is joy is the result of a choice it's something that you set your mind upon it's yeah. something you choose to think about and believe and act upon not something that just happens accidentally and you have to sort of grab onto it because it's, 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 it's only a, uh, a short-lived kind of experience. Yeah, Christ deposits his joy into you yes. at the moment of salvation. Yes. And so like something that you can ignore, joy is a lot like that, mm-hmm. all right? So there's things maybe you have laying around your house that you don't ever think of until you need it, mm-hmm. right? So if the remote control goes missing. It slid down between the couch cushions and you want to watch the ball game and you can't find the remote and you're getting frustrated. Well, you don't really appreciate that remote that's mm-hmm. always been around. It's still there somewhere until you get it back into your possession. You, you, exactly. you put your hands on it again. And joy is like that. Sometimes we let joy slip down in the couch cushions mm-hmm. of our yeah. circumstances and our lives. And we need to remember that it's there. Christ put it there, 
And so sometimes we just need to, to hold it in our hands, figuratively speaking, and just look at it and go, there it is. Yeah. There, there it is. It, maybe it's not shining as brightly as we would like to right now mm-hmm. because of what's going on in our life, but it's there mm-hmm. and it's mine. Yeah. And, and it cannot be taken away from me. What a great gift from Christ yeah. to, to put that into my life. And so circumstances definitely do change, but it doesn't change the fact that that joy is there for us to, to live and experience. Sure. You know, I mean, look, give yourself permission to grieve. Give yourself permission to, you know, be sad, mm-hmm. but don't buy into this lie that your joy has ended right. because things have turned out the way they mm-hmm. have. It'll never be the same again. Mm-hmm. You know what? No, it won't. When you lose that loved one, it will never be the same again. When exactly. you go through a crazy year like 2020, it will never be the same again. Mm-hmm. But here's what will be the same. The reality of that joy in Christ being there with you and for you for all your days. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what you have in Jesus and what you believe by faith in Jesus itself is a miracle. The fact that you trust in Christ is a miracle. So if you strip if you strip away everything else and you just have faith in Jesus and you hold that up to all of the reasons that you have sorrow or, or despair in your life, the fact that you have a Lord to believe in and he has died for your sin and saved you from what you rightfully deserve for that sin— you consider just that state that you are in with faith in Jesus is a reason to have joy. Even if all your circumstances are unchanged, if you if you counterbalance the sorrows with the truth of what Christ has done for you and your faith in him, that sort of tips the scales back to even in a way because that the weight of that relationship you have with the Lord helps you understand all your suffering in a way that he's designed for your good. Whereas if there's no faith in Christ, if there's no Lord of your life, then the things you've suffered don't really have any meaning. They're purposeless. Whereas if there's faith in Jesus, those sorrows are actually leading to your ability to have joy. You are a witness now by your faith in Christ in the midst of those tears that you're shedding and the pain that you may feel in your life. You're bearing witness to the goodness of Christ, which should give you another level of a degree of joy that you're doing the very thing Jesus saved you to do. And so just consider that when you're down, when you're facing a difficult time and you're uncertain, just remember you have faith in Jesus. It may not be a strong faith or you may not sense the strong faith, mm-hmm. but a faintly burning wick, he, he will not quench either. That even the, the slightest little flicker from the, from the lowest burning little wick is, is, a, is a joy to him that you still believe. So that should be a joy to your own heart that you still trust in Jesus. You're still holding on to him, even though it may not feel like you're holding on very tightly right now. Yeah, and with Christmas, it is a time to remember the message of Christmas. Exactly. And that is directly related to our joy. So as we go through these these times of grief and suffering and, and, and pain and uncertainty that, you know, diminish that, that experience of joy, we need to remember at Christmas this is a celebration ultimately about joy. Yep. That's why we have this woven into Advent is that why did Jesus come? Well, he came in part to bring us joy. Whose joy? His joy. Yep. Something that was completely different than anything that we would have experienced 
look at the world in which he enters into. Mm. People are oppressed. They're subjugated. Mm. I mean, Mary and Joseph, they're, they're not living in, you know, the Beverly Hills of, right. of first century Palestine. They're poor. They're, they're probably ostracized from society because, after all, Mary shows up pregnant. It's not Joseph's. Right. And Joseph, like a fool, marries her anyway. Yeah. He's, he's gonna take, it's like you people are breaking all the rules. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't go play with the, the Mary and Joseph kids when they come along yeah. because those people are bad. And Jesus comes into that. And so whatever thing you're experiencing, just remember, Jesus brought joy to the world, as the song says, in those circumstances. So one of the things I want to encourage everyone to just remember, as you're sitting there maybe with your family, and you just can't muster a laugh, Mm -hmm. maybe not even a smile, Mm -hmm. just meditate on the fact that into that state, Christ came yes. for you. Exactly. And you don't have to suddenly just jump up and, you know, all of a sudden act happy because you remember that. But let just let that warm you deep down in your soul that that is true and he knows you and he came in, in those type of circumstances for, for you and for us. And so that's where our joy abides. So the message of Christmas doesn't need to get lost in this conversation about joy, because what we're not doing in this episode is trying to give you some pick-me-ups exactly, so that you can sort of fake joy mm-hmm. through the holidays so that your family doesn't look at you with that look. You know what I'm talking about. If you've, if you've been grieving a long time mm-hmm. and you've gone through holidays, you, you don't want to be pitied by right. your family. Right. You don't want to have the well-meaning relative come and try to, quote-unquote, cheer you up so that you can participate in that. And so that's not what we're trying to do in this. We're just trying to remind you that this Christmas season, you have something that you can hold on to. Yeah. And if you if you neglect that, then it's going to be even more difficult yeah. for you this Christmas season. So when you're feeling down, when you feel like, I just don't want to see anybody. I don't want to to go to that party. I don't want to do whatever it is mm-hmm. because of the way I feel. Just stop and remember Christ came in the similar situation mm-hmm. that you have found yourself in. Yeah, there were many people walking in darkness, yeah. as the scriptures tell us, but a light has shone. And the joy that comes, when whenever you read the Christmas narratives of Zechariah, of Mary, of Simeon in the temple, when you read their stories, when they recognize the Savior, there's joy, right? Like Zechariah was was John the Baptist's father. He was overjoyed that his son was going to be a prophet of the Most High God, but his joy was really rooted in the Most High God sending his son. Like yeah. he knew that his son would pave the way for the true Lord. Mary rejoiced in that God showed favor to her. Simeon rejoiced that he got to see at the dedication of Jesus at the temple, he got to see the Messiah. Like there was joy in recognizing who Jesus is. And so that's why he came, is to give joy in the sorrows. So you don't have to laugh in this fake happiness. We talk about this sometimes. Like you don't want to pretend like you're happy for the sake of everybody else. Now look. Don't be a don't be a grouch. Don't be a grouch. Don't be a Scrooge. Don't say, "Well, I can't believe you people are all happy when I'm so." Don't, don't be that person. Yeah. The challenge is to 
find a way to refocus your heart and mind on the truth, which will then lead to joy filling your life. So I love this text in Romans 15, 13. This is a prayer that Paul prays for the Roman church. He says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So there's a connection between your joy and your believing. So if you want to have joy in your life, you're going to have to believe the things that lead to that, right? And so if you feel sorrow in your heart, you may be in that that dark place for a while, but you're not without hope. You're not without an, right. a resource for joy. It's what do you believe about Jesus? Do you believe that he's present? Do you believe that he's come? Do you believe that he's with you now? These are things mm-hmm. that help you take one step and then another step and then another step. And then he goes on to say in Romans 15, 13, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And so what the way I see this is like this sort of um, reciprocating exercise of faith. You believe, joy, hope. Believe, joy, hope. Believe, joy, hope. It's this, it's this sort of this cycle in your heart. What is true about Jesus? What do you absolutely believe about Christ? That's going to be a bit of a, of a flotation device for you if you feel like you are drowning. And a word to those who don't feel that way but, but have all this exuberant joy in your heart right now, understand that you may be put into a situation where it's not your job to put your arm around grandma, grandpa, or aunt or uncle and say, we're all here to cheer you up. That, that comes from a good place, and you should certainly sure. want to do that. But one of the best ways you can do that, especially for a, a family member or friend who is a believer, it's to remind them of the truth of God's word. Don't, don't patronize them with, with, right. with, with quaint little sayings. Give them the scriptures. Remind them this is why Jesus came, is to help us through these hard times, and I want to sit with you in it. It doesn't ruin your holiday to bless another person by sitting with them in their grief. But understand that Jesus never intends for us to stay there permanently. We are to come out of that ditch into a place of happiness and joy eventually. Sometimes it just takes a little a, a little bit more time than we would like for it to. Well, even in you know the prophecies of Isaiah about the coming Messiah, you know, a lot of the the joy isn't realized until the end. Exactly. You know, you go look at Isaiah chapter nine. Uh, which is, you know, kind of his Christmas, mm-hmm. ver- you know, story. Um, when he gets in the chat into verse two, you know, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them as a light have shone. And then here's you. Here's where you get this joy. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. Mm-hmm. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, <laughs> as they are glad. This is one of the same word, same yeah. word as rejoice yeah. uh, when they divide the spoil. Um, and then it goes on to like, well, why is that? And it talks about how you know the, the yoke has been lifted and, and that burden has been, been broken. This is a joy that is and will come. Yes. Because those burdens will not be fully lifted until Christ makes all things new. But when he does come, when he did come, that's when he like kind of laid down that first layer of joy for us yeah, in our sure. lives. Yeah. And the joy that Isaiah is talking about here, this complete joy that the nations experience, mm-hmm. ultimately is him looking to the end. Yes. And go, the coming of Christ basically brings to the world a complete joy. Yes. Everybody is just pumped about what Christ has done for them, mm-hmm. because why? 
all the bad stuff is over with. Yeah. You know, and if you just keep reading, you know, it gets into this whole deal of bringing an end to, you know, conflict and war, war yeah. and the bloodshed, mm-hmm. you know, just all these things that we're, we're, we're waiting yeah, for. We're waiting, waiting for. Yeah, sure. So the joy is now that will be fully realized mm-hmm. eventually. And so, you know, it's always been there from the get-go. And God, you know, inspired Isaiah to write that, mm-hmm. you know, like hundreds of years before Jesus yeah, sure. ever, yeah, yeah. you know, ever was born. Yeah. There it is. Joy's coming. Mm-hmm. That's part of the message. It's it's coming. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus comes and joy is here and he's got more joy to bring to us exactly. when all things are made new. Yeah, and, and I often think, you know, of this the 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 smell of food and the tasting of food. And a lot of times yeah. when you can smell the food being cooked and you're waiting mm-hmm. for it and waiting for it, you have this hunger literally physically hungry yeah. to finally sit at the table and feast. And I think sometimes that's got a bit of an image for what we're in the midst of now. You know, all these millennia, all these centuries since Jesus ascended to heaven, we're waiting. We're smelling the the, the marriage supper of the lamb yeah. that's coming. And one day we're going to get to sit down and feast with him. And it's going to be better than we could ever imagine. And I think that in these seasons of Advent, if you have this sorrow in your heart, remember what it smells like. Right. Remember the the the, the fragrance of Christ's love for you, yeah. the blessing for you, and and don't forget what you do have. Typically, we find ourselves in places of of um, of sorrow and grief because we're thinking about what we don't have. Right. And that may be unavoidable for you. Maybe this is the first yeah, year without. It's a real feeling. It's very real. But you can't dwell one hundred percent on that, exactly. as if God has somehow done you wrong right exactly god doesn't owe owe us anything and so if you're missing that person in your life or maybe you've had that hardship the way you combat that is look at the blessings you do have yeah you're sitting in a room full of all your family members who are having a great time be thankful for that and that's going to help bring a little bit more joy to your heart it does not going to remove the pain completely but it helps you enjoy the moment Right, because the reality is, if nothing, literally nothing changes between Christmas Day and the night and the day after, you're going to feel that way again tomorrow. Yeah. But the the prayer, the hope is that as God is filling you with His Spirit and filling you with the peace and the joy that He promises by trusting in Him, that pain will be alleviated more slowly over time. And for those of us who are believers that may not be in that midst of pain, we have something to share with other people to encourage them to look to Christ. That's the only solution to this. Any other answer or solution we try to come up with to, to to sort of solve the problem of our pain is going to lead to nowhere. Yeah. The only true answer is Jesus because he is the one who is going to be sitting at the head of that table inviting all of his precious people to sit and feast with him. And so Christmas, and I guess you can make this analogy now, Christmas is the time where we're smelling the dinner that's being cooked yeah. in heaven for us one day. And I think that helps us to anticipate it with a lot of joyful hope. Yeah, joy is very much a divine quality. Yes. It's it's not inherently human. Absolutely. You we you can try to manufacture joy, but it always falls short. And so while we get to experience things that are gifted to us by God in different ways, that are very real mm-hmm. and the way in which we go about them is 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 legitimate. You know, the way we love um as believers, you know, I think God puts that in us in order to, to, to kind of help us know who he is. Mm-hmm. But joy is wholly outside of ourselves. Yeah. 
we can't manufacture gift. joy. It is very much a gift because mm-hmm. everything in a fallen world is just that. Yeah, it's fallen. fallen. Exactly. And so joy is not really possible without the divine stepping into our lives and putting something there that cannot be corrupted. Right. And so while we can always love and do it, do so purely and in a way that honors God and gives us a greater sense of who he is and how his love is for us, mm-hmm. we cannot muster up joy. No. And so when people are trying to sell you on something that is going to bring you joy and there's just, just no God in it, there's no yeah. Christ, there's no gospel, mm-hmm. that it's doomed to fail. Exactly. We have to remember that. We have to look to God ultimately to know what joy is and experience it. Amen. That's, that's totally true. And the promise of hope for us going forward is that as, as the psalmist writes, weeping may tarry for mm-hmm. the night, but joy comes in the morning. And that for every Christian who looks to Jesus, there is a morning of joy. It may be a few, a few hours away. It may be a long way away for some, but joy is coming for you. So don't give up on that. Jesus right. is faithful. He's been faithful to bring you to this point. He will see you through to the very, very end. And so as you anticipate that dawning of joy, remember the light has already broken through. The light has already come. It's there for you to see your way through the darkness. Don't give up on Christ because he will never, ever give up on you. Man. All right. Yet another episode in the can. It was a joy. A joy. To do to this, this episode. Time. Absolutely. So we've got one more of these, right? One more. We're talking about Christ. Yes. Next week. Next week. Next week is the week. That's it. Right? Yeah. So Christmas is rapidly approaching. We've got one more in our series. We'll talk about Christ. And so I hope you've got all your shopping done. Those of you who are listening. Mm-hmm. Amazon's working overtime. Yeah. If you, if you, if good you luck with to. Amazon. Yeah. So until then, have uh, a wonderful week. We pray that the joy of Christ is made real in your life. Amen. And we will talk to you again next episode.